0: Hi everybody and welcome to this month's audition of the social wave project podcast my name is Sarah Francis but everyone calls me says and once a month I would upload new episodes interviewing people talking about the things that really matter to them such as hobbies interests and issues that are current and um, I do apologize for the delay of this audio episode I have been so busy with projects and collabs lately and um, the original video actually came out earlier this week but because of the projects I forgot about to do the separate intro so there we go I'm really sorry about this and then also I had to re-record this intro for the audio version because I completely messed up the intro on the video version of the podcast so I just thought Yeah, why not? Let's just do a whole separate intro for the podcast anyway. Anyway, in this month's episode, I am going to be interviewing my friend Mark Simpson Wedge, who you will know from a previous episode that I did with him earlier this year. And this was a interview that I recorded a few months prior. And um, we were talking about um, things that really mattered to him in terms of how he inspired to become a YouTuber. And that was through his very main interests and favourite TV shows such as Thunderbirds and Thomas de Tan Kenjin. But I won't go into too much more detail because Mark has lots and lots of things to say during that episode. But I hope you really enjoy this episode. And until then, I will see you guys in November. Take care. So I am joined by the amazing Mark Simpson Wedge. So Mark, hello, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh, you're welcome, anytime. It's always wonderful to have you on the podcast. And um, Mark, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, Yes, so uh, yeah, my full name is Mark Simpson Wedge, but uh, some people call me Mark SW. And uh, I'm a YouTuber. I'm from Leicester and I was diagnosed with autism in 1995.
0: 1995 I, I, I was only diagnosed a year later oh wow <laughs> well it's definitely a small world really and of course being the only youtuber in Leicester I, I mean it's kind of like a big project really as well just taking up the time because you you're doing really well on your youtube channel at the moment because um... yeah um,
1: I, I must admit things uh it's been it's going well I, I have like uh, over a thousand subscribers the next step is to get uh 4,000 watch hours and then I can start uh, earning some money from my channel. Uh, that's the just the difficulty, but uh, it's getting there because um, it really took off this year because of my comments about the um, charity live stream, Color of the Spectrum, uh, that was going on on YouTube. And I got so many views on that, which that I confess I did not expect because being only a small creator, I was only expecting like maybe uh, five or six hundred, but uh, I think it's now got over 14,000 or something like that.
0: Wow, that is absolutely amazing. I mean, it's very well deserved as well. And um, if you don't know what it is about, but basically in April, there was a live stream called The Colours of the Spectrum, where a YouTuber called Mark Rober, actually set up a live stream for a charity called next with Autism, next for autism which unfortunately used to have a strong alignment with a u.s charity called autism speaks which has the bad reputation for the autism community but of course it all got fixed and sought out in the end but it they still have a long way to go actually especially that Oh, what was it? Um, Some people have been trying to get um, their governments to actually ban ABA therapy as well.
1: Yeah, because I do confess, I don't know much about it, but um, my brother described it like as some sort of like um, conversion therapy, like changing one person into something that they're not.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's right, actually, because it's kind of like when people imagine that if someone has autism and a doctor or nurse or a person goes ah if your child has autism then they're very poorly we will make them feel better by doing those sort of stuff which is absolute rubbish
1: yeah i agree because uh with me autism is not a disease or a virus it's it's not like covid it's it's just a condition i mean yes it can affect the way uh, people communicate and socialize but uh maybe if they look on the positive side of uh the autism because um, some famous people are, are were autistic. I mean, look at Albert Einstein, he was autistic and he was a Nobel Prize winning scientist.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. He, he's definitely a very clever scientist, Albert Einstein. And then there, there are so many more as well, which is absolutely amazing to see. And of course, hopefully, we'll have more amazing famous people who are YouTubers as well with autism. So,
1: yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because, um, I I uh, I do confess the idea was good, the idea of having a, an autistic charity live stream, because I mentioned this in some of your panels, that um, autism awareness on YouTube needs more attention because sometimes it gets a bit left out. But uh, I think just it could have done with maybe a bit more planning, like choosing the right charity, because in America, they've got so many autistic uh, support groups, like you got to choose carefully which one you're going to donate the money to. You don't just pick one just like that. You have to do a lot of research.
0: Yeah, that's it, actually. I really couldn't agree more. And I'm sorry if i got a little bit hoarse, but um, hopefully I'll <laughs> okay. be all right. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely understandable and very agreeable. But. Oh, we're going to move on because I know we're getting very far, far trapped behind. And um, oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, even though it's really good to talk about like loads of ABA therapy and all of that or controversial stuff, we're, we're definitely missing the point. So we'll definitely move on. So in today's episode with Mark, we're going to be talking about things that really influenced him to become a YouTuber. So in other words, to look at things that really inspired him. But Mark said something very interesting about um, how um, how his inspiration of being a YouTuber came through. And it's something that it is kind of relatable, but I just never expected it. And of course, it's your favorite television shows and films like Thunderbirds and Mr. Tank Engine. So I'm gonna leave it all down to you, Mark, to describe the introduction. Well,
1: oh, yes, well, um, to be honest, actually, uh, television has sort of run in the family because my mother, Helen, uh, back in 1980s, she was the curator of the Beatles Museum in Liverpool, and she got interviewed by Blue Peter. There is a, a video of it on YouTube. Uh, hopefully it's still there. But um, then later on in life, her brother, uh, Ian, he uh, got uh, involved with the special effects department at the BBC. And then later on, he uh, started working for a Double Negative. They do like a special effects for for lots of films. So things like uh, the magical effects in Stardust to uh, blowing up a, a police station in Hot Fuzz. So uh, he he's done things like that. And, uh, but yeah, with me, the very first television program I saw was Thomas the Tank Engine. And uh, my uh, mother has a photo of me when I was nine months old, just staring up at the TV, watching it for the first time. And uh, yeah, I, I just loved it. and because I think it was because the faces didn't move. And I, I sort of from this, I learned about emotions. I could tell when the engines were happy, sad or cross. Because with uh, normal people, I sometimes found the, the human face very flexible. It's sometimes difficult to uh, understand what emotion are they uh, feeling? Are they happy, sad, bored, tired, whatever. But um, when you look at shows Where the characters have um, still faces, so like Thomas and his friends, then it's uh, easy to understand. It's not just Thomas, even um, other old shows like Postman Pat and Fireman Sam, because before the CGI remakes, all their faces were just um, sort of static.
0: Yes, and this is what the thing I really love, because um, I loved all three, but I have to admit though, I was told when I was little Postman Pat was my favorite of all really, but the, the clever thing about it with um, like the stop motion animation and there are going to be people who are going to be listening um, like what is stop motion animation? Have you, did you not have CGI back in the back when you were little before YouTube was invented? No, it's not like that. <laughs> and, yeah. it, and the clever thing about it, it's just, uh, they have like, they they really have like good body postures and their facial expressions like you said before with Thomas and Friends is really good but it's kind of like a little bit well missed really because I I don't know how to explain this it's kind of like um it's kind of like oh how do I put this it's kind of like it's going to get harder to understand with the body language and the facial expressions with CGI, really, especially since yeah. I found out recently that Thomas is getting a new um, show over on another airing station of Cartoon Network. And it's just like a little sketch and the engines are really tiny. And you just think, why? <laughs>
1: mm. Yeah, well, um, yeah, the, the, oh, the classic series will always be the best, but... Um, It wasn't just with emotions, it also helped me to identify things like in the uh, real world. So um, I'm also dyslexic, so I can't read or write as fluently. But um, there were some episodes of Thomas that involved uh, usually signs that say danger. So when you look at episodes like when Thomas fell down the mine or when Percy took the plunge, I knew that if I see a sign that says danger or something with those symbols that spell danger, I know not to go near that sign because something bad would happen. So even though I had difficulty reading, danger was sort of the first word I sort of recognized as I started to learn how to read. And then uh, also I mentioned identifying things in like the real world, because with Postman Pat, there used to be some episodes that involve sheep and, I remember one time when I was a kid, uh, me and my family, we were going to uh, Peterborough and as we were driving along the countryside, I saw a field with some sheep in it and I just went, sheep. (laughs) And then they sort of uh, realized, where where did you see them before? I thought they were on Postman Pat. So uh, we decided to uh, stop off on the way and have a look at the sheep. And uh, yeah, it was from that point, they sort of realized I could identify something from TV With the real world
0: oh that's amazing though i mean for me that's kind of like the same thing as well um that's the same thing for me i know with thomas and friends it was like that but then with postman pat as well it's me because if anyone knows me in real life i adore cats and the first cat (laughs) i ever owned just for myself is a cuddly toy version of jazz and um, I always take, used to take him around with me with a little bit of a bottle cap, which was Postman Pat's hat um, hat, not not hat, head, which I used to put on my finger and then travel around. There's pictures of me that are still there, and I just think. Oh. <laughs> I know it is embarrassing but it's cute at the same time and I don't know why um, <laughs> it, it is definitely embarrassing really but yeah. it's really good to, with all the connections and all of that but then also you've got another connection because another TV show favourite of yours is Thunderbirds
1: oh yes um, I remember I seen the re-shows in the early 90s and um, yeah I, I I just loved it because I think With all the other Gerry Anderson shows, it wasn't just with Thunderbirds, when they also showed Stingray, Captain Scarlet and Joe 90, Um, I sort of realised the connection because they were puppets and they had sort of the same sound effects and music in the episodes. But um, I just sort of like, as I got older, like the idea that they're all different organisations, whether they were civil or military, but with one purpose to sort of help people. Uh, whether it's to protect them from terrorism hostile aliens or um natural disasters i think as i got older i loved those kinds of storylines about helping people and uh and of course i always liked the special effects and it was also the special effects that I got my uncle interested and why he worked for the special effects for the bbc and then they were negative and uh yeah, so s- since then I- I've always been a dedicated Jerry Anson fan of minor shows. Got I've been more into science fiction. So when I went to university, I went studied um video and animation production. Usually um students who do the video type courses, they're asked to usually make a trailer or opening scene or just a small clip of uh, something. Usually they choose they would do choose like um crime or horror. But with me, I thought, no, let's be different. Let's do science fiction. That's more interesting. Because, uh, I mean, no offense to the other students who choose horror and crime. It's just that, uh, I, I just think it's, it's a bit too predictable. Maybe science, I think the reason they don't choose science fiction, because it could be difficult uh, even if you have like a blue screen or green screen to edit out the backgrounds. But uh, Uh, I think it's it's, it's okay to choose something uh, different.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree as well, because choosing something different is kind of like you're standing out in the way, because people just tend to choose the same thing, really, and it gets a bit boring from time to time, really. So having something new on the table that will probably give a teacher's excitement really so but it's really good that you've actually put that in your um portfolio there mark and then you did say something about um helping people with thunderbirds what, yeah because what the... oh, yeah, no, I, say, uh, <laughs> I was just gonna
1: say because i was just gonna say because with anderson shows because they're, they're all unique in their own special way sometimes um i, I get a bit disappointed when people forget about them because um uh, you know the um, YouTube channel Watch Mojo. Yes. Uh, yeah, they usually do like top ten countdowns.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: uh, once did top ten uh, British sci-fi shows. Uh, Doctor Who won, obviously, but throughout the whole countdown, not one Anderson show was on the list. They didn't even have an honourable mention. I mean, it, it just seems unfair. How can people forget it? Especially Thunderbirds. How can people forget? a rescue organisation which, when you think about it, if existed, more lives could have been saved in real-life disasters like um, Hurricane Katrina, Glenville Tower, Japanese tsunami, or all those forest fires and earthquakes you get in California.
0: Mm. And also in Australia as well, really.
1: Yeah, especially there.
0: I, I cannot really believe they had just cut it out, really. it, it It's just a crime against British television, really.
1: But- yeah, because... Um, I always think anything you've seen in uh, sci-fi, like even in, in George Lucas or um, Doctor Who, somewhere down the line, I know that Jerry did that first.
0: Ah, oh, okay. So he, he did it way before it was. That is really interesting. I definitely learned something new about it today, but I guess a lot of people will be feeling very shocked about it and probably change their minds, really, when it comes to British television. That's uh, Jerry Anderson... Mm-hmm. Uh, was the first person to lead that sort of thing and just not one of the many. Yeah,
1: because, um, I think uh, when Jerry did his shows, he was sort of like a, a he- thinking sort of ahead of his time. So like uh, talking to watches, sort of he did that before we had the Apple Watch.
0: Ah, that's really interesting. But um, I wouldn't say, would you say it's a prediction? Or not um, really. I think... Um, uh,
1: it's hard the say because sometimes um, I, I used to think like um, in, in the future because a while ago I mentioned this to you. But uh, for those of you who don't know, I had a go at running my own business called um, Words to Pictures. The idea was to uh, sort of translate complex information into a way that uh, people with uh, reading difficulties can understand. And I actually had an idea, maybe like symbols and even emojis. And now uh, we now use them.
0: Oh, mother. that that's really cool though. That you and your brother actually ran the words with pictures.
1: It, it then... was just me. Um, my brother already had a job, but it's uh,
0: oh, was. Yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was only thinking you know, that because uh, you and your family that you always help each other really in different like things. But it's really good uh, that um because I never really heard of your business until you told me only recently, and I just think, wow. That that that's yeah. absolutely incredible. That that just yeah, yeah. really is incredible.
1: Yeah, the idea was good, but the problem was that um, it was too good that uh um uh, most of the services wanted my services for free and I just couldn't do that because couldn't make a living from free work. No. So, like, but uh, I was I was talking I wanted to do something to help people and uh, I think you were just gonna say something about helping um
0: yes and like helping others as well so and helping others uh, in terms of like um what were you saying now raising awareness for autism or speaking out things on what's right and what's wrong because also I know that you you are very political and um you use like autism awareness um to mix in with politics sometimes and this is really interesting and uh, i never told anyone about this but I used to get involved in an organization called um, the UK Youth Parliament, but it it, it gets confusing really because the actual words, uh, they stand for like the UKIP party, the UK Independence Uh Party, but no, that's the bit that's really confusing, but the UK Youth Parliament is like a young members association and I did get a chance to be like an MP one year uh, for my local county and it was for autism awareness but unfortunately a lot of people weren't too interested and that they they wanted to focus on things like public transport or something else and you just think come on really that that's just that's just typical stuff you're never actually going to get
1: um what you just said about me being political, um, I must admit, I don't know much about um politics. I usually stay clear of them because um I-, I find politics very confusing. The only thing I say is that um I hate the Conservative Party, but but that doesn't mean I'm a communist, even though that would be cool, just not in a Joseph Stalin way, as I said in one of my videos. But um yeah, because um I've Never like uh, Conservatives, Republicans, they just, they really get on my nerves. But uh, yeah, but uh, I I, like I, said, I don't know much about politics, but uh, I am an ambassador for the National Autistic Society in the Leicestershire area. So it's sort of my job to help spread the awareness. So I got my sort of ambassador shipment thingy. Um, I don't know what you call it. You got the um, promotion, I suppose. Um, <laughs> And when I was starting out uh, Words to Pictures, my mother said, maybe if you become an ambassador, uh, maybe that would help. So so now uh, sometimes they make jokes like I have the Ferrero Rocher. So, uh, Ambassador, with these Ferrero Rochers, you are spoiling us.
0: Oh, I think your mum's definitely right on this one because um, it, it's definitely really good to, to make a difference to a lot of people. But it's just such a shame that because of like money and, and uh, people not just getting the share and people making the profit, really, it, it's not fair, really. But um, it, it's just like learning something from that. And then who knows, maybe in the future you could try again and then uh, just see how things will go. Anyway, I know we're getting a little bit off topic, so (laughs) we'll we'll probably move on from a little bit. Out of all the TV shows that you've watched, when you compare yourself to, say, when you were a baby, a toddler or a child up to now, which TV show impacted you the most and why?
1: Good question. There is quite a lot, but... I guess it it just has to be Thunderbirds I was born and raised with it I've always loved it ever since I saw it in the rerun
0: I'm actually quite surprised that you said Thunderbirds but I know that um you talk about it like so much really and uh, because I thought it was going to be something opposite like from earlier but it's always good um to have like a show that's very close to your heart I mean that's like me with um Hey Arnold um the Nickelodeon TV show that's that's, like, for me, really, it's the same thing. And it, it taught me, like, so much things about it as well. But helping others, really, in different TV shows, because, like, TV shows back in our time, really, and oh, uh, yeah. they, they they had, like, different morals, not like the ones that, that have now. I wouldn't say they were garbage, but I, I just think... Yeah, you're just missing the point, you're missing the point of what you're trying to educate um, the younger generation.
1: Exactly. And in fact, um, last uh, year, as a sort of back to school special, I actually uh, made a YouTube video where I listed some of the old education programs I used to watch to help me during my school. So um, things like Look and Read, Mega Maths, Science in Action, because... Some of those shows are old and they would be out of date because as time goes on, history is created, new science is developed. But uh, I I still think those education shows are still useful. So uh, that's why I thought if I mentioned them, then uh, if there are any children who can't go back to school because of COVID, then maybe they can look up any of these shows to help with the education.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, one show that I, um... oh, what, goodness what was it there was two shows that I know I used to watch when I was like ill and I didn't go to school because um I used to be very ill a lot at school and I always used to like some of the watch some of the shows that are in between on the CBBC and sometimes BBC channels and um there was two programs that I know um Ella I I think it's with the like a a um one animal that's like a Zorro type of person to teach you how to do uh, maths.
1: Oh, El nombre. That's I it. Heard. That's
0: the one. Yes.
1: He was part of Number Time for the sort of uh, junior number era.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And then the that other was one. Was, my um, favourites. Oh, <laughs> oh that's brilliant! But then the other one was um, also words and pictures
1: oh yeah that's where I got the idea for my uh business title like words and pictures words to pictures no
0: way oh that's so cool but then it also I remember is the oh the play days as well
1: oh yeah I remember play days um yeah I, I actually uh a long time ago I saw one of their live shows really yeah one of their live uh, performances on the stage
0: the live yeah. performances that's really interesting oh, <laughs> yeah they, makes... they
1: did it a um, long time, it was a long time ago but uh yeah I, I actually went to see uh theatre plays based for, on tv shows so I've I've met like uh, I've not I wouldn't say met I've actually seen I've seen the Chuckle Brothers uh, I've seen Dave Benson Phillips the Demon Headmaster so yeah
0: Oh, that is so cool. I I know I I never got like chance that but I know on YouTube, there was a a live TV show of Feynman Sam, which I think you could still watch on YouTube, but they did like half outdoors, half on the stage. And then also they did um, like a show of Thomas the Tank Engine as well, from what I've seen years ago but yeah I I definitely think it's interesting that they transfer some of the shows onto the stage and it really got me thinking and I I have announced it on my YouTube channel about a year ago but I really haven't got back into it yet because I was thinking about taking inspiration from the Thomas the Tank Engine books and um, the TV show onto the stage because I I was really interested to write a theatrical play based on Christopher Audrey's life and his relationship with his father and it's kind of like a, a connection of like um Christopher Robin with A.A. A Milne too like that because Christopher had such a really interesting life and it and it was just I don't know how to explain it but there was a connection between him and the Christopher Robin um, in the Winnie the Pooh uh, uh, perspective. And that's why I wanted to do something like that. But I never got really around to it. And I need to get back into it at some point, really, if I ever wanted to go to put it on the stage, really.
1: (laughs) But if you do, then, um, yeah, because I think uh, in 2025, it will be, I think it's, can't remember if it's 70th, 80th, anniversary when the first book sort of got published
0: it's um 80th because they recently celebrated their 75th yeah but it's um, yeah. really crazy though just to think that everything like happens and it's always nice to live on the memories really and especially if there's mm-hmm. like little things that really mean a lot to people. But then speaking of, we'll probably go on to the YouTube side because we have to like um talk about um your favorite characters and um what's like bits of knowledge you uh, picked up from the TV shows to create onto your YouTube channel. So first of all. Who was the biggest inspirational character from any of the TV shows you've watched? And it could be more than one.
1: Oh, well, um, well yeah, definitely more than one. I'd say um, probably Edward from Thomas the Tank Engine because um, he, he usually helped out a lot. And I, I usually tried my best to help others. And uh, and also, um, I also liked uh, Virgil Tracy from Thunderbirds because he's sort of like... because. I've uh, sort of mentioned this in one of my past videos, Uh, all the Tracy brothers are brave, but I think Virgil has always been considered the fearless one, he'll he'll do anything to uh, save people because in the CGI remake, he actually makes an interesting point. He admits that sometimes he gets scared, but the life of international rescue is what he chose because when you send out a call for help, you deserve to know that someone's out there listening and doing something about it
0: that's it really and um i know i said i didn't really like the cgi version before but um i recently just out of interest watched the 75th anniversary of one of the thomas the tank engine uh TV shows because they did a special with the 70th 73- the fifth anniversary and um, the tv show actually did it not only just to celebrate the anniversary but they included um thomas and the fat controller to go to london to meet the queen and prince charles uh, like in that set time period when it uh, the books were published and um it, it was really really interesting because there was this um um oh oh gosh what was her name I think her name was Duchess there was a new engine the show created and um spoiler alert if anyone hasn't seen it yet but uh, basically she was like a very royal train and she had like many problems as do Thomas but he actually helps to get through to London in the end and it turned out that she was a royal train and she was having lots of hiccups and the Queen and the Prince of Wales were on her this whole time (laughs) well it's it's like that's genius but it's a really good example of helping out with each other and I I think with Edward I definitely have to jump on that one because he's always been a very very kind-hearted engine really and he never judges really but I know that as much as I love Gordon he's a little bit like too big for his boots or should I say too big for his buttons?
1: yeah because um I must admit, with some of the later Thomas episodes, uh, they did change Edward because there was an episode where, um, again, spoiler alert, there's a crane arrives called Rocky and uh, Edward's sort of a little bit unfair to him. And that's not like Edward at all. So I don't know what was going on the writer's head. But um, yeah, because... Edward uh, would be kind, but uh, he, instead he's agreeing with Gordon that he's a, a newfangled nonsense.
0: That, that's kind of like another episode of Thomas as well, with Henry, uh, the engine. I think... Which one was that, really? There was another one, another episode. Yeah. I I don't really th- No, actually, I do remember. It was... Um, um... Is it
1: the one where he... He, he still has to use special coal because technically he shouldn't need special coal because after his accident with the flying kipper, he uh, got repaired, but he had a change of shape. So he didn't need special coal.
0: No, 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 because um, like with his kind uh, attitude, really. Um, no, that was where um, uh, Diesel spread rumours uh, about Leonardo you know, Duck.
1: Um, oh, duck! Yeah, yeah, before
0: the before the story, I can't remember the storyline, but it was one before um the close a close shave. And it's uh,
1: it's cool. I think it's dirty work. Where um
0: oh, dirty Diesel, work. That's it. Yeah,
1: Diesel told the trucks that uh, Duck told him tales when actually they were lies.
0: That's it. And um, it I know with uh, James, it's understandable. And Gordon, oh yes, but with Henry, uh, ever since I was little, I just thought. That's not like Henry. And then Henry does go out of character sometimes because he gets a little bit, no, nah, no, nah, nah, I know everything. Or this is bad, this is good. And I just think, no, that's definitely not Henry.
1: Because I think um, with Gordon, James and Henry, they always think they're the important engines. They're the, uh, uh, we're better than everyone else.
0: It's really interesting how like with different writers and the elements really, they just go like for one jump bits to another. And then with uh, your YouTube, because with writers because obviously with a youtube channel i mean you you're your own producer and you own about and you write about what you want to do and how you want to present it is there a writer that really inspires you to um like make notes or talk about things for your youtube channel um
1: well i've never really um i've never really looked up to many writers but there are some books i uh I do like like um I think the like the Alex Rider franchise and the Artemis Fowl uh don't watch the movie it's rubbish stick okay. to the books. <laughs> 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 and uh I used to like Chronicles of Narnia as well. So uh yeah but uh, usually when I plan out my videos I do like make notes and um I think nowadays I uh try and upload like once a month so try and think of a video when to do it and choose a suitable month or when would it be appropriate to uh, do it. Uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, I think because um, the very first YouTube I subscribed to was a, a guy called uh, Chris Thompson and uh, he too was a, a Jerry Anderson fan. He was also into Doctor Who and he, he just liked all sci-fi and he made a, a series uh, called Earth Defense Force and uh, so it was a mixture of live action and CGI animation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so so we got got together, finally, we finally met in like 2013. And so uh, we sort of developed our own sort of friendship group because uh, I'm part of a sort of a society known as The Defenders. So we're all Anderson fans. and. Uh, we, we, we also like to help others
0: but it, it definitely it is um really good just to help each other out really and I know that we always help each other out when um if anything um there's kind of like uh, new ideas or if there's uh, anything happening with the latest autism news and just like loads of bits and then sharing like that as well and then um with teamwork what was it was there any, like, characters or episode shows that inspired you to um, teach you how to, like, do teamwork um, when you're working in a group?
1: i um, just thinking. So I think there are a few, but uh, maybe not a lot. Because um, uh, usually, usually for my videos I end up working alone. But uh, there are some times where I, I would ask someone if they would like to... Uh, uh, maybe collaborate, because, uh, yeah, like I said, because I've been the only YouTuber in Leicester, it, it can be difficult. Because uh, in my previous video, I mentioned that uh, I don't have many local friends where I live, because I think my nearest one lives nearly two hours away, so it it can be difficult. But um, I do think, well, I do think there are times where you, I do have to work as a team, because even though sometimes I prefer working alone. There are times where, yeah, I will need help. So, yeah. I I just never thought of uh, looking at particular shows that would uh, sort of focus on that.
0: Okay, that's really definitely interesting because I know with me, um, Thomas the Tank Engine was the biggest one for me, really, to help each other out. Like, I I don't know if it was like an easy thing uh, to describe Mm -hmm. or if it was the easiest thing I picked up, really. But I always thought that... We're Thomas and friends We've explained to help others It's just easy It really is easy
1: Because yeah. um, I know um, with Jerry's shows There are organisations They do have to work as a team But um, I, I've never detected anything That talks about teamwork In the shows If you know what I mean It's not like um, Excuse me It's not like um, It's educating the viewers About how important teamwork is We're just seeing the teamwork in action Yeah
0: that's it. And uh, it, with action, it's always really good just to um, think of like things uh, that you want to take part, but then you also have to stop and think before you act, so that that type of thing. But I don't know mm-hmm. if they actually mention it in TV shows a lot, but it could be the case.
1: I think um, they would have mentioned it in like um, maybe, maybe Sesame Street, because I did used to watch uh, that usually before I went to school so
0: yeah sesame street is really good example but then also oh, what was the other one rosie and jim
1: oh yes i used to watch rosie and jim as well yeah they they actually did some education uh, as well they actually did uh things about reading and writing and uh, uh they uh had like the, a sort of a large book so they write uh, their own stories in so that uh, sort of inspired me to have a go at me try and write my own stories and uh Uh, Because there were also other popular TV shows that uh, also made education videos, like um, also Sooty, I used to watch that as well, and um, the education shows, particularly the reading ones, were very helpful.
0: I I always liked the uh, jewellery ones, but then with the writing, it was like a little bit easier because I was always encouraged as well outside of the television to write. And it was really good just to get the imagination flowing, especially since there are some people who just think, oh, autistic people can't have an imagination, or if they find it difficult to write, it's best for them to copy a story rather than writing as their own, which happened to me really in primary school. And I, I never forgot that really, because it really hurts so much.
1: Yeah. And I, know, cause um, I, I did sort of struggle to sort of make up my own stories. So um with primary school, I, I thought maybe copy another story and think, well, it's possible that these teachers don't know about these uh, kid shows because, well, they're adults; they don't watch kid shows. The chances of them discovering uh, my story is based on a kid show are probably a million to one. <laughs>
0: No, that, that that's it. It, it, it was a
1: long shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I know that um, imagination is always very important, really, oh, and yeah. um, it, it's always important not to rob an imagination. But it's just—it's always nice, really, just to ha- have it lots of encouragement in that sense. But then also, um, what, how, like, as a YouTuber now, when you look back. What makes you think that you've made progress of everything now that you've um, watched all the favourite shows that you watched and then to become up a YouTuber now? um, If you had to look back, what things did you think that you would be grateful for or if there's some bits you wanted to change or anything like that, if that makes sense? Yeah,
1: um, I think... I think looking back, um, at first, uh, I wasn't sort of known very well, but uh, now I'm sort of uh, getting recognised more and more. I mean, I'm not not like, not like on a famous level, but sort of um, having YouTube has helped me maybe uh, have more friends, because before COVID, I used to go to lots of conventions and events, and I would, I would record them and put them on my channel because I thought, well, if there's anybody who wanted to go but couldn't go, or if, if the event is going to be an annual thing, then this video could show and uh, show the people what to expect and or what they missed out on. And it's sort of from these videos and conventions I ended up making more and more friends.
0: But it's always very important to like make friends as well because um um social media has always been really good uh, to make friends and um, it's also I always find that even though it is a struggle to make friends social media is like it's been much easier especially during the pandemic it's been like really easy and it just feels like you have a connection in some way
1: yeah because um when I started YouTube I thought it would be like a great way to show my education and uh, university what type work uh, that I would be doing and um, yeah, I when looking back, it's definitely, I've definitely come a long way.
0: Well, that's definitely something to be proud of when you came a long way, really. And um, I know that we talked a lot about it, but I'm going to have to end it on a final, final question. And um, the final question is, and I always try to get the most positive enthusiasm of everybody What advice would you give to a parent, a carer or a teacher if they have an autistic student or child or if they are siblings, um, if they are an autistic individual, has a brother or sister? What advice would you um, give to them if they feel that they're not really certain about, oh, how can I put this? if they're not too sure about um, being social or um, finding ways to help, but then uh, be confident and all of that by using televisions and films. I I know that's a weak question, but... (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think I know what you're you're trying to say. But um, yeah, because honestly, television has helped me a lot. I mean, with uh, films, going to a cinema could be... uh, Difficult because some autistic people are sensitive to loud noises. So take some take some headphones or earplugs, just to be on the safe side. And in time you'll sort of get used to the uh, loudness for a cinema. But um yeah, well, well with television, I did find it useful because as I mentioned, education programs, but also um little tip, if you're going to go to like a new place, sometimes an autistic person could get worried and scared. They don't know what to expect and uh, what this new place would look like. So my advice would be to maybe take some photographs or, if possible, film said location and then show it to the child. Because with me, I usually watch programs over and over again, especially with the education ones. So with the locations, if they watch it over and over again, they might feel more, maybe a bit more comfortable about where they're going. I mean, it it might help to also boost up uh, some confidence because um, I remember one time I've got some family members in Ireland and we were going to go there for a visit. My mother uh, recommended that uh, her brother David filmed the house and all the rooms and uh, all the cousins and aunts and uncles I'd be meeting. Then uh, they sent the video back here to Leicester and uh, I had watched it. And then, so when I actually went to... Uh, their house, I sort of uh, felt a little bit comfortable. I I wasn't uh, worried that much. So that can be really useful.
0: Well, that's really good, though, because I know you've mentioned it before. And um, I never thought of someone actually doing this, but it is a really, really clever idea. And if it works for a person, or whether it's a child or an adult, it, it makes them feel like they don't have to be so nervous or stressed about being in a new environment or anything. So I, I think that's pretty well done, yeah. really, and very clever of your mum.
1: Yeah, so um, that's what she did. So she did that for going to vacations, or and when I started uh, school, just before I started, they did a video just to explain some of the rules, regulations and well, what kind of uh, classes I'd be in, things like that. So it, it just sort of helps to give a visual example of, of what you're going to do before you actually do it. Because then, like I said, that's how I sort of connected what I saw on TV to what I see in real life
0: really great though. Mark, thank you so much for coming on today. I really do appreciate it. It was an absolute pleasure to actually interview you today and um, if you want to check out Mark's channel, um, his YouTube channel is MarkSW and you can find him on YouTube and please go and subscribe to him. It's at he, His channel is amazing and he's done so much for the autism community and it's been really, really great. And until then guys, I will catch you next month for another podcast episode. Take care of yourselves. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.